potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, corn, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, corn, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, Hello Oreos, welcome back for another episode of So-Called Oreos. I am one of your co-hosts, Amari, here with... Kia Swin. Hey, it's Rachel. Hi, I'm Janae. Yes, yes, we are gathered here today to bring you some more great content. <laughs> Is this church? <laughs> every, every day with us, we bring you guys to church, you know. Amen. Take me to church. Okay, I have a great <laughs> editing uh, uh, idea for this episode because it's near Thanksgiving. Turn up. Stay tuned. Unless it's already edited in here. Thanksgiving is Indigenous People's Day. Kia. No, that's Christopher Columbus Day. Um, this, th- I mean, this is too, but continue. We <laughs> could have just cut that. <laughs> yeah. Well, damn, I have to get dragged. I was just being happy for Thanksgiving music. No. <laughs> no. Enjoy it. Okay, okay continue. Is it, is it my turn? Y'all want yes, some Black History Facts or no? Okay, this week in Black History, November 26, 1970, painter Jacob Lawrence was awarded the Spingarn Medal, which is awarded annually by the NAACP for an outstanding achievement by an African American. I chose that fact because uh, Jacob Lawrence is one of the first people I learned about in school. He's a black painter. My dad and my grandma introduced him to to me and I actually painted one of his uh, portraits for a wine and paint class and gave it to my dad on Father's Day a couple years ago. That's Um, so cute. Yeah, and so other awards, um, November 28th, 1961, Ernie Davis became the first African-American to win the Heisman Trophy. If you're unfamiliar, the trophy is awarded annually to the most outstanding player in NCAA football. And guess where Ernie Davis went? Where you went, UNC? No, you oh. went to. I, maybe let me let me. Control <laughs> <laughs> you know, She's like, shit, no, I don't even know. <laughs> Seriously, Amari? Oh, like, oh, all you hear is those keys going like. <laughs> She's like, actually, Alexa. I knew I was right. <laughs> oh, you went to Syracuse. There yeah. was a movie about that that came out like a exactly. few years ago. My dad was like, like the- "Watch this movie with me," and I was like, <laughs> "All right, Dad." <laughs> yeah, the premiere I think was in Syracuse. They had some big hoopla about it, but I didn't care because I don't really care about football, to be honest. You know, it's okay. But. <laughs> Pretty good. Anyway. Well, Amari, it's your turn. Yes, on to black professionals we love. So this week I'm just gonna I'm gonna highlight Tyler Perry. Mm. I personally have some feelings on Tyler Perry's work and like how he's portrayed black people but that's neither here or there I think it's important (laughs) to recognize you know when people are doing good especially for the black community so I'm gonna give him his props he's been making a lot of incredible moves lately you know in October he announced well he opened up uh, a major movie studio it was the first by an African-American man it's you know the $250 million 
$250 million studio currently sits on a 330-acre property in Atlanta, um, and it was once a Confederate Army base, so, like, sweet, sweet poetic justice right there. Um, you know, it's it has so many buildings named after influential Black artists, you know, and he's also working on building a compound uh, within the studio for trafficked women, girls, homeless women, and LGBTQ youth um, that have been displaced so they can receive shelter, you know, get business training and learn how to be fully sufficient, self-sufficient. Uh, and it was also recently announced that, um, the top Democratic presidential candidates will be there for a debate. So, you know, whether you like his movies or not, Tyler Perry is actually doing really good for the world, doing good yeah. for the world. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. I also read that all the major uh, film studios could fit in that lot. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, more, I heard that's that too. crazy. I heard mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. I mean, his stuff is like, you know, here or there, but you know, that's pretty dope. That's like honestly an amazing story. Yeah, really tempted to drag him, but let's give him his props. He's right. There's a He's there's a lot good. of dragging this episode already. <laughs> I know. As I was I writing this been up, dragged. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, oh God. Well, Amari, take it away. Yes. So this week, you know, Oh, well, this is perfect because we're just talking about Tyler Perry and movies and representation (laughs) of black people. And this week we're dealing with media representation and how black and brown people have been portrayed in the media. So there's a lot to talk about. (laughs) Um, I know I have feelings. I know you guys have feelings. So who wants to start? Um... Mm, this is I'll start. Topic. I'll okay. start. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, where do we begin? I know. Right. I mean, I mean, something that I wanted to point out is just how things have changed. Personally, um, I am 25 years of age, and in my 25 years, I have seen changes. Um, just from commercials, seeing uh, black couples in. Uh, Macy's commercials to now seeing um, mixed couples in commercials, um, seeing shows like Blackish, seeing shows like Mixedish when it's just like regular Black families in the show. Obviously, the premise is around being Black, but it's still prosperous, happy Black people. Or, or even shows like Insecure. You know, you look at a show like that. And it is rare that we have a show with just a regular ass black woman just going about her life. And it doesn't focus on her being, I don't know, heartbroken or poor or struggling to take care of her family, which Mm -hmm. is a reality of so many black people. But for so many other black people, it's literally just living your life just like every other race, Mm -hmm. just trying to get by and be happy. Um so I, I definitely want to say that media has changed. We still have a far, far way to go. Um, but I definitely think things are getting better. Yeah, we are starting to get rid of those stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We're, we're becoming like full flushed human beings mm-hmm. <laughs> in movies and stuff, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, really nice. And I want to say, aside from black people, I'm starting to see a lot of representation of other races, too, mm-hmm. which is amazing. I mean, I just saw um, Parasite this weekend. What's Fantastic that? movie. Never heard. Oh, yeah. You guys are missing out. Um, it is a movie by a Korean director. He has a lot of like critically acclaimed movies that are on Netflix right now. I cannot remember his name and I'm not going to try to 
pronounce what I think it is, <laughs> kind of. Um, but it is a Korean movie, all Korean cast. It's completely subtitled, but it is getting fantastic reviews, and everyone thinks that it's going to win. Like, it's it's going to be up there with the Academy Awards. I would. 100% recommend going to see it. It's in theaters right now? Yeah, it's in theaters oh. right now. I'm trying to go see it a second time. So if y'all are open, let's do it. Yeah, I didn't see any ads or commercials for that movie. It's been kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. But even, I, even when I've been to the theaters like a couple of weeks ago, I still didn't see that. It's in select theaters. Oh, okay. But I, I think maybe because I always go to the Essex Regal Cinema mm-hmm. and it was advertised there. Okay. And then also like... You know, at my job, we're constantly talking about new things that are coming out and things that are going to be in um, elected for awards season. And, you know, this was just a movie that and I saw a great quote by the director today, actually. And he was saying that he made the movie specifically for Koreans, but the movie has resonated with so many people because we all live in a capitalist world. Mm. And the movie basically focuses around a poor family and a rich family and how they like interact with each other. And the movie is funny. It's witty. It's suspenseful. It's, it's just an amazing movie. I would 100% suggest going to see it. But aside from my review, um, I definitely want to say that seeing that type of representation and other ethnic groups such as like Asian ethnic groups, Middle Eastern ethnic groups, just seeing, you know, more representation, I think has been amazing in my lifetime. Yeah. I think even, you know, going off of um, the farewell was doing so well over the summer and I saw that made me cry. And again, it wasn't a movie made for me, but I was happy to sit there and watch it. And it also resonated with me. It's a, it's a story about family. I feel like so many stories that people think are exclusive to one type of people are actually universal. So like, it doesn't really matter the messenger, like you're going to understand it on some level Mm -hmm. because like you're human with feelings. And I definitely want to point out that movies like, um, excuse me, movies like us and, um, get out. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like traditionally, if those movies came out maybe 10 years ago, they would have been movies that were marketed for black people. I feel Mm -hmm. like those would have been movies that like only black people saw along with um, Best Man and Love and Basketball, Love Mm -hmm. Jones. Um, But everyone saw those movies Mm -hmm. like and, and I don't know where the switch happened. I don't know if that was just well, actually, do you think it was a switch or do you think people just thought, oh, oh, those are quote-unquote black movies when really white people want to, like are open to seeing that for so long. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, if you think about, if we go into newer stuff like Us and Get Out and even Insecure and Atlanta, if you look at the stats on those audience, half the audience is white. In yeah. Atlanta, half the audience is white. So it's not like people have been telling black people in the studios like oh people just don't want us to hear those stories it's mm-hmm. like no people want to hear it you're just ignorant and wanted to be racist that's really what it was yeah and i feel like because um maybe i would say maybe like five years ago people like slowly brought those stories to light and then they saw the stats and the audience and was like oh wait actually like a lot of people care about these stories and yeah. you can say that universal with like crazy rich asians that's that movie did big and it's like a lot of people aren't freaking asian or can relate to that right. but like it's a it's a story it gives like, us a way to like learn about other cultures yeah and then like you know how some of us like some people are just ignorant and don't want to learn about mm-hmm. other cultures and 
if you don't want to sit down with a person that's not your race, then maybe watch a movie and maybe you'll learn something. Um, like, we watched a Korean drama mm-hmm. at your apartment. Honestly, if it wasn't for Netflix, I probably wouldn't be able, wouldn't watch a Korean <coughs> a Korean genre, a genre, but drama but there are a lot of Korean films even Indian films on mm-hmm. Netflix lots of Bollywood mm-hmm. stuff yeah too. Bollywood yeah yeah and I mean that has expanded Netflix mm-hmm. and I, I feel like this sounds so ridiculous and maybe even millennial but like Netflix has really expanded my palette for um TV watching to be mm-hmm. real. And back to what you were saying, Kia, I definitely wonder if marketing has something to do with it because you think 10 years ago, BET was big, right? Mm-hmm. And I really wonder why, why specific films were marketed or speci- specific films only stayed within the black community when they first came out. And it, for me, I definitely see that there was a change. But I don't know what that change was specifically because if you even look at like um, Compton, Fresh Out of Compton, that ain't mm-hmm. is, is that the name no, of it? Straight Out of Compton. Straight, straight Out of Compton. Compton. Fresh Out of Compton. Fresh Out right of too, Compton. <laughs> if you look at movies like Straight Out of Compton or The Best Man Two or Think Like a Man, right? Those were movies, or maybe I would say Think Out of Man, Think Think Like a Man Two, but those were movies that. I think qualify as having mostly black audiences, but I know that there were a bigger number of white people that saw those movies. And the same with like Girls Trip, because yeah. I remember mm-hmm. Girls yeah, Trip, Trip came out around the same time that Girls Night Out came out with mm-hmm. like Scarlett Johansson and all those. It was essentially the white version of Girls Trip, yeah. but with like murder and shit. Um, but Girls Trip did better and I was so presently uh, or pleasantly surprised because that's not what I thought I was like everyone's gonna skip out on girls trip and go see this other stuff and girls trip did was a better movie yeah mm-hmm. yeah I don't I guess there could be a couple of factors um I don't know. I think it's always interesting to hear the stats. And I was honestly shocked when I, when, uh, Donald Glover was talking about how 50% of the audience is white and, and Easter Ray said the same thing about Insecure. And I honestly was shocked because I was like, I feel like those shows are just so black that I'm like, there's no way that mm-hmm. if you're not black, you get, cause there's a small stuff, not the main story, cause we can all relate to like dealing with F boys and all this stuff, but like the, the, minor details of like this is so black I'm just like, being I, at your job and yeah. a white person coming up to you and saying yo girl what's up yeah and, it's like, and I know white people don't get that but some they don't care you know they just like to hear the story and be involved and yeah. like black is cool so like they, they'll listen to it and, and they love Donald Glover and all this stuff you know um, but I think it's just interesting to see like oh how um, more and more you see that white people are like watching these movies and stuff and mm-hmm. sadly that is like the factor that how we're getting more and more you know spots is because of that yeah um i definitely it all comes down to money yeah it all comes down to money and that, and um who's has the spending power and it's you know they're gonna make things that if white people watch it then you know we'll do that but it's 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 very fascinating i guess um i think I, I personally haven't seen the rise of stuff until, like I said, I would say maybe like end of college, 20, maybe start of college, 2012-ish, maybe less than 10 years ago, where mm-hmm. I, I feel like there was a huge switch. Um, and then you, you started getting people that I've 
seen before like was familiar with so like awkward black girl i'd already watched that online in, in high school and then just i remember when she was on the cover of essence for the first time with ava and shonda i like freaked out and like showed my mom like oh my god you know who this is this Issa Rae like she's really big like she's gonna be the next big thing like because i was obsessed with awkward black girl and then awkward black girl was good yeah i was hyped and then i was like oh my god it's so crazy that she's like on hbo now and then uh you started getting like dear white people and atlanta and stuff like that and you see it more and more which is nice obviously it's not enough but it's nice to see like okay maybe we're coming in time where like people will put money behind these things and you yeah. see even like Ava is getting major deals like she did Wrinkle in Time and uh, what's the one on Netflix she when got, they see us when they see us yeah. and she's getting so much recognition it's, and Kenya Burris from Blackish and leaving ABC to take a deal with Netflix it's, it's like nice but it's also like I want to see more of it but it's also uh, people don't think about who are behind the scenes as opposed mm-hmm. to just a director and like on camera, but is obviously like oh, some of us work in the media industry. We know it's mm-hmm. it is it's still a struggle behind the scenes, and like you deal with a lot of stuff because a lot of people will be like, "We're diverse. See, we have this movie, but it's like mm-hmm. really who's in your office? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's do the facts who's on that. In the writers yeah. Room. yeah, who's yeah. in the writer room? How many people are writing on this show? How many people are showrunners that are black? You know, there's stats that people from outside the media world don't really know, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of work to be done. And I know, shout out to Warner Media, they did their first diversity report. And it was actually a lot better than I thought it would be, but they were the first media company to like really do the stats on like these are the people we hired these are like the stats on gender um, sexual orientation are they how many people are black in assistant roles versus um, executive roles and stuff like that so there's a lot of things that need to be said in that aspect as well my company is ours is coming out in December oh I'm scared for that and yeah (laughs) And I am a part of like a people of color group in the office. And right now we're trying to get the statistics for the retention rate Mm -hmm. because we all know that my company, my company is very, very good at hiring people of color, but keeping people of color is a different story. And also promoting people of color is an entire different story. Mm -hmm. Those things from my perspective and many others seems very, very low. So yeah. we're trying to get that information right now. Keep your fingers crossed. But I don't trust that company. I also want the stats on how many people to do layoff. What's the stats on that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over being real. That's a know, good point. You know? No, it is. And and I think a lot of companies when it comes to diversity, number one, I think diversity is for white people. Diversity is not for people of color because people of color constantly live in a white world and for white people having a few differences in the room is diversity. Yeah. Black people. That's so true. There's a tweet about ev- Every other racial group has to constant. We live in diversity. Mm-hmm. It is our life. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, I oh, think. No, Janae is here with the dragging <laughs> all episode. I'm with it. Um, I think, damn, nah, I lost my chain of thought. I'm sorry. Now, you know, <laughs> okay. I read, well, are you, did you get it? Because I'll read this tweet. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. Diversity is not picking the same black faces to do every single thing. Do some work. Find some new goddamn voices. She didn't say goddamn. I had to add that. (laughs) I think that with a lot of companies, it needs the focus needs to be on let's 
make sure our hires are diverse and the focus should be let's make sure that we retain diversity. Let's make sure that there are equal parts in higher positions that are diverse. Right. And also like that we create an environment where people feel comfortable enough and want to stay. Mm -hmm. Because I look around and working in media, I look around on my team and there's only one woman of color who is higher up. And on my team. And I know that in the company, there's only one woman of color who's an exec. And they and I mean, we could go into that, but they solely hired that woman simply because she's a black woman. I mean, not to to, to, but like solely they lied to her and said, this is your role. And when she got there, it was actually no role. They had made that up. That was a lie. Yeah. And I know that because I was on the comms team and that was a straight up lie. And (laughs) I, I think that. In media, it is so important not just to be like, yeah, we can hit quotas, we can hit numbers, we can hire people of color. No, there needs to be some type of talk around retention and helping people move up. And are people in these roles that make decisions? So like today, um, at least for my company, we got in a pitch about. I'll just keep it brief because I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but it was a show about history um, and it was going to take place in different times in history. And everyone was like, oh, my God, I love this pitch. Ooh, ah, da, 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 da. And the other black on the team was like, well, you guys have to think about at what point in history? Because like for me and my people, if this is the 1800s, I'm not going to be hyped about a history episode in the 1800s because mm-hmm. in the 1800s, you know, things were like too hot for us. Mm-hmm. Y'all thinking about George Washington and stuff, but it's like. Uh, my people were asleep so and you could tell everyone's face in the room was like damn they had never even like good considered thing to have a, it good Thank thing God to have a black person in the room, in the room. exactly mm-hmm. so yeah. it's like there, are, there we're not just saying this just to be like we want to be in the room it's like there, it's, it's important to be in the room because there's stories that need to be told and people can relate to and if you really think about the audience specifically with black people and people look at the stats um, specifically with like the NFL um, African American audience is like the very high, high percentage. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize how much, like, buying power and, like, advertisements really relate to black people because they have so much buying power and spending power now, and they are the kind of the cream of the crop of what makes things popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes with music, too, you know what I'm saying, and everything. So I think um, companies are starting to realize, like, how influential black culture is and how they want to relate to that and, like, put money behind these stories and things like that. 100%. All right, but a part of me feels like, is this genuine or are they just doing that just to make money it's off of money. black people? You know what I mean? Like, it's oh, now all of, of a money. sudden everyone is like, want to be diverse and include black pe- people of color into their company or into their TV shows. But a part of me just like, are you just doing that now? Because it seems like to me it's a trend. Yeah. And, and I think and only like, color white people see down. is green. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, that's the only color they see is but green. at the same time, I think it's important that we take advantage of that. Exactly. And that's mm-hmm. that's the only way, that's too, all. though. There's no other option. Unfortunately, no, I really don't think there to, is. Right. Like when they give you when they finally open the door after you're banging it down, you have to like what like put a wedge in there and yeah. prove that like you you're gonna to go stay for a long time yeah but it's like really crazy the the standard level is just insane because you know when you like as a as a person of color get hired at a job or like anything it's like you have to you know you it's like you do one thing wrong or something and it's just not a markdown for you it's a markdown for everybody mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you have to you're held to this ridiculous standard. So like there are a whole bunch of like white movies and white TV shows and all this stuff that like aren't good, don't make money, but that does not stop them from 
continuously creating that. But, you know, when a black movie is put out or, you know, um, a movie produced by other people of color and it doesn't do well, that's just like a de- like uh that's just like a de- de- like a demarcation. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's kind of held against you. Yeah, and you can see. Um, I know, like Ava, her first movie was Selma. Yeah, and Selma. that was that was a hit. And mm-hmm. like Ava is is huge right now, but like I don't know what would be the same if Selma wasn't a hit. You know what I'm saying? Who I would mean, give her an opportunity? Wrinkle yeah. in Time doing, wasn't a hit. I was about to say Wrinkle yeah, in Time didn't do well, and I think ever since then people have been kind of like. Mm. Yeah, about her. Oh, I know. really? Yeah, but she like, just, with a grain of salt. Like, is mm-hmm. it going to be good? We don't know. I mean, they had yeah. an A list class, like Oprah. Yeah, Mindy Kaling. Um, the movie was terrible. It was terrible. really. I, th- I, I didn't really I didn't liked it. it. I thought it was terrible. But I also don't. That's blame based on her. the book, though. It's yeah. been, it's a hard book to adapt. And it also, is. Like, it is. Disney needs to stop doing these remakes. So exactly. like, I don't blame her. Exactly. No, I don't blame her. But it was a bad movie. Um, she yeah. also got, but but after that she got um, you know, when they see us, that mm-hmm. that movie won Emmys and stuff. So, or series won Emmys and stuff. But yeah, uh, and you think about um, Key and Peele. Um, sorry, not not both of them, but Peele, it's Jordan <laughs> Peele. Sorry, I love Key and Peele, but Jordan Peele, um, his first movie that he directed was Get Out, and now the stakes are high, but they have to be high. They you just can't come out average like most people could come out maybe average maybe do and then build up it's like no you got to come out high and you got to keep it up and but then also at the same time it's kind of like you want to it kind of it's like a a double-edged sword because then you come out high and then people have all these high expectations for you so when like something under delivers again you have a strike yeah so like he did the the remake of the yeah, yeah us which didn't do as well as get out and in my personal opinion wasn't i I had problems with us. Really? But, I loved us. And then he also did the the remake of the Twilight Zone, which I know didn't mm, really get true. that great of reviews. So it's like I he's a he's we all know he's a great creator, but it kind of sucks because it's like if something doesn't do well as your one as like that first great project, people just kind of push you aside or I mean he's still doing like he's still creating a whole bunch of stuff, but yeah. still I think nothing it does gonna impact hit you more. Get out. I, I I don't see anything hitting get out. I really like. I don't. Us. I don't see any to, to get out level. Yeah. Oh, us I don't didn't see make it. sense to me in some points. Really? I don't see anything hit top and get out. I think honest. I liked us more than get out. But wow. what? Okay. I think he can top get out. <laughs> um, it's gonna be hard. I, I have faith in him, but also He's you still have to remember early that in his career. But Jordan yeah. Peele's a comedian. Like people aren't giving him enough credit. Like he's on Key and Peele and strictly doing comedy and comes out with get out like that's major like i think I, people are giving him tons of credit and i think the same thing with ava du- duvernay i think people are giving tons of these people credit and i think um, that they have done but some i think great people things. but would we but would be but would they be comparing like get out and us t- for another like white director do you know what i'm saying like would it be the same mm-hmm. i don't I, I don't think it's it would. The same, i don't think it's the same scrutiny yeah i definitely don't i don't think there would be like any comparison yeah we never compare like steven spielberg or like christopher nolan yeah we never to any that. of his like other films i never like you know what i mean we, i don't think we do i yeah the um, only person i can think of who in like recent times who people were like really comparing was like the director that did hereditary how can i ever say it hereditary ari hereditary. aster yeah, and then he did the um, Midsummer. Uh, Midsummer, yeah, yeah. So I think that was the only recent one that I can think of people really like. I honestly, I think that film buffs are pretty harsh with their directors. 
I, I will definitely say that because Ari Aster did kind of get some flack. And I know even personally, I was kind of disappointed in, in Midsummer compared to um, Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will piggyback off of that with a director like um, M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. He gets a lot of crap. Yeah, that's true. But also, M. Night Shyamalan has not always put out the best stuff. And he came out with Six Sense at the top of his career, or like that was his first movie. And then he kind of didn't come out with. I love his movies, but not a lot of people like his movies. But yeah. still, it's a man of color who people are very, very like judgmental, mm-hmm. critical of his of. films. I mean, like, we haven't really touched on this, and I'm just curious about you guys, but we mm-hmm. talked about, you know, I think. For me personally, TV wise, I think Blackish was really a big turning point, like in this at this time when we saw, you know, representation coming through because Blackish, you had Fresh Off the Boat, like that all happened. Mm, I forgot about Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah, within a within a period of time, but there was yeah. like this lull before all of that, and when you had like great shows like The Parkers, mm-hmm. you had. Um, uh, living single, living single, yeah, the game, one on one, girlfriends. You can't forget girlfriends. Yeah, girlfriends. You had all these different, you know, black TV shows mm-hmm. that were re- like Martin. You had um, all these shows that kind of were very influential when I when we were growing up. So like, even though it wasn't necessarily, we didn't have as much representation. There were still enough things where I felt represented. But then, yeah. like in my teen years, I felt like that just stopped. I agree. Yeah. It did. I think also, like, to um, go off your point, Amari, a lot of this could also bring into factors of the streaming world and how a lot of, you know, you said girlfriends in traditional cable networks, you have to still abide by the advertisers and cable standards. As with Netflix, you have obviously a lot more leeway and all these streaming services, Amazon, you have a lot more leeway. So I think now people are also willing to executives are willing to bet a little more now that they have a little more money and there's a little less risk as to cable it's like you have to meet these marks or the show is canceled within like the first season right so the I pressure's think, a little different yeah, yeah so i think it's a little that streaming has definitely played a major part in um being able to take bigger bets on people of color and also i think this generation growing up they're really lucky to be in that space where it's like they they grow up seeing stuff like even like euphoria and crazy yeah. stuff like that because they and anything on netflix really and dear white people and all this stuff they're they're really blessed and insecure and i'm like damn i really wish i just always picture like wow i wonder if i had insecure and dear white people and all that when i was growing up in high yeah. school because there's more creative freedom yeah for sure. streaming platforms you know or even look ooh, look at a show like grownish for mm-hmm. example that's Love not it. on a major network that you can still go and watch and yeah. they have just so much creative reign and it's just Yara Shahidi, Chloe and Haley, and like a whole bunch of other fine young people of color just we're in college, you know? Yeah. And it's like that would be so cool. That would I don't yeah. know. I just think it would be really cool, especially like like we said, growing up in mm-hmm. a mostly all white town. Because all we had was me, my sister, my best friend Vicola. We would yeah. just watch Awkward Black Girl on the internet because that's all we all we had and at to, that point. And to be real with you, a lot of those other shows like Moesha, um, mm-hmm. The Parkers, and stuff like that, those were actually like a they were 
the generation, not the generation, but like my sister remembers those and watch those. I watch them. But to be real with you, I can't remember much from the Steve Harvey show, the Parkers, Moesha. Sister, sister? No. Sister, sister. sister, sister, Like it was there, but I don't necessarily remember. One on one? And trust me, I know the theme song for one on one. But I cannot. I remember. But I can't necessarily like. Well, those shows were marketed to an uh, older audience. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. Were. yeah. And I we know were that the generation like, of like that's may- so right. Maybe, yeah, oh, maybe yeah. because you couldn't relate to like the topics that. Yeah. Because yeah, it was definitely a little older. Yeah. But no, like, I'm just trying to say that when we were teenagers, what were, what were you guys watching when you were Proud teenagers? Family? I don't know. Proud yeah, Family. Proud that's Proud Raven. Family. That's a Raven. <laughs> that's a Raven. Yeah. But even I was those, watching reruns. Even though, like, yeah, I'm reruns. saying when you were 13 years old, you were just watching reruns? reruns. I was watching yeah. reruns of yeah. Family Matters, Parkers, like yeah. all that oh, stuff. Fresh Prince. It would come on Fresh on TV. Yeah. school, I would watch T- that. Yeah. TBS late night. I would yeah. watch anything on Disney. But there was Carly. no, I'm saying there was like no prime time no TV prime time show time. that was coming out with fresh episodes every week Degrassi? that you could watch. Ooh, Degrassi Ooh, was but my. They, that Degrassi was black. Drake. No, but Degrassi, Degrassi was, it was relatable. still relatable, and it was somewhat diverse. Yeah. Um, what Degrassi was relatable. Yes. No. I was, I was like, I mean, yo, I wasn't going through I wasn't any going, of that yeah. stuff. But <laughs> I like knew a girl who cut herself. Yeah. I knew a girl who like maybe did a line of coke at a party. I knew a girl who like went through X, Y, and Z. You know, yeah. I wasn't doing any of that, but I knew some. Degenerates I knew, I knew who what was going on. Exactly. Yeah. Right. From like, so it's like a relatable from like a peripheral view. Exactly. Like it wasn't like I was. It yeah, wasn't so like, like awkward black girl level where it's just like you. That happened to me. Yeah. Like you right. just living and, your life. And I think that's why I went awkward. I used to like sit in my room by myself. My parents thought I was crazy because I'm just watching awkward black girl because I'm like, finally, there is the she, she was like the first well-known Oreo yeah, to like exactly. make it mainstream. Mm-hmm. Shout out Oreo. And it's crazy because if you look, listen to Issa's interviews now, she's always like, it's so crazy to me that people under 30 relate to this. And I'm like, girl. I was like 13 relating to like awkward black. Yeah. Cause she, I think it's funny because she really doesn't like see how people can relate to it. But I think like, yeah. I think you just can like at like, a super young age, especially with her- Insecure too. Like they're in like their 30s, the cast, but we're like mid 20s and we could still very much mm-hmm. relate to that. And I'm yeah. trying to think of any relatable. I'm really trying of any relatable Oreos that were on TV while we were young. I don't think any Oreos, no. I think it's always, like, Would stereotypical. Raven? I don't think she was an Oreo, though. Mm. Maybe, she, but she nothing she, in the series, in the plot, was, like, They never talked this about is color. Or, yeah, they never, ta- they they never, never did. About color. Yeah, you're right. They're, they literally never did. <laughs> and then, I know, Amari, I think you brought this up when we were talking about how a lot of these um, main I guess characters are very much light skinned like sister sister oh. and Yari Shahidi and, and, and all why, stuff and that's why I really attached myself to Issa when she first came out because it was like here's a young dark skinned black girl and like while it's great to have Zendaya and all those people out like I'm like still dark skinned girls are not getting love you know they're not like the main love interest mm-hmm. of someone or you know just like being they're not centered like their stories are always um, secondary and you still see that now with like even um dear white people you have they made the best friend they really did her wrong but the, the best friend is the dark skin one and then they, mm-hmm. they kind of like kind of i don't know her character doesn't get a lot of love i didn't see this season but at least the first two seasons and then i know grownish they got a lot of backlash because no one in the main gr- core group is dark skin mm-hmm. and i think they finally added a dark skin girl 
And I even find that on, you know, how Netflix is coming out with so many original movies, right? Mm-hmm. And in so many of these movies, like the tall girl movie. All the black or, girls are best friends. Yep, yep. Or um, uh, Sierra Burgess, you have this black best friend sidekick. And there was even a UK one that came out too. You have the black best friend sidekick who the main character always does dirty because they're too focused being a selfish asshole. Mm-hmm. And the black sidekick just basically has to... Deal with it. Yeah, deal deal with it. Not get any screens time. Not have any story. They're just there to be a and cheerleader. Why, why is yeah, the, why is the black friend psychic always like a fashion student? Yeah, like clueless like, and stuff. Like in Tall Girl, did you see like how she was dressed? Her friend, yeah. how she was dressed in her she's hair, always like, loud. To the it music. was very loud. Yeah, dancing. She's they're they're always like Biggie Shorty from Pootie Tang. Y'all see mm-hmm. Pootie Tang? Where oh. they're just like <laughs> over the top dancing on the side street, like yeah. Mm-hmm, girl, yeah. It's like. I think, yeah. Why is that every archetype? And honestly, growing up, I felt that way. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was just For the sure. colorful sidekick who never had her own main story. Yeah, no. That's that, damaging. I never felt so like true. someone's sidekick. I just felt by myself. But I felt like a lot of people around me wanted me to be their sidekick, like their cool black friend. Like even yeah. being down here, I feel like people, like some people, the way they just, I don't know. They like expect you to be act a certain way and to fill that role for them. Mm. And it's like, no, I'm a, I'm a human being, but also like your job. Right. And there's also a new trend recently in TV where a lot of women are of color are being people's therapists to white people. Mm, that's and always that's been problematic. Ooh, that was in uh, actually in Bojack Horseman. Mm. Issa Rae plays the therapist. Oh, yeah. If you guys watch Bojack. Love Bojack. 10 for 10. Bojack. 10 for 10 Bojack Never Horseman watched. Netflix. Did you did you see the new season? No. Oh, it's really good. I'm, I'm so excited. I love it's him. It's really good. I love Bojack I think Carson. this is the final season. It is. I'm very it's like it cut off and then they're going to continue it in January. Yeah, and they're doing half and half. Yeah. I hate when they do that. Yeah, it's like, just give just, me the goddamn just finish it. Exactly. But anyway, <laughs> back to black people being side characters. Can we talk about um, Easter Ray's new movie that's coming out? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. What's it called? The Photograph. I was yeah. ruined. <laughs> by that actually that actually because you guys know how last episode I was talking about how happy love makes me and mm-hmm. blah 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 so I watched that and I actually got really depressed afterwards really yeah I, I want to see it just like I want to see um slim and uh, slim and uh queen. yeah Sli- queenie and slim that needs to come out slim today and queen. yesterday and queen. actually slim and queen slim and queen it comes out on things yeah. it's not queenie and rachel slim. has just said three it's goddamn slim times and <laughs> <laughs> and like, what? It's not slimmy what and queenie it? queenie slim rachel's like queen and slim. Queen, <laughs> it's, it's queen it's queen and slim that's all okay okay okay, 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 okay. <laughs> They so, have been advertising that movie for so yes, long. I can't I wait. Need it out. I know that both of those movies are going to shatter mm-hmm. myself. Just like how If Beale Street Could Talk shattered, Ooh. ruined. Still haven't been able to watch it. Yeah, I'm not in the right mood. My soul that. has been destroyed. Yeah, but cool. anyway, I got really depressed because I was just like, that love story is like what I want. I don't even know what the doggone movie's about. Yeah, I'm yet. like, they can be murdering really? each other at the end. And you know, I don't, well, okay, so first impression from that, when I first saw it, right, and you know, Boy Meets Girl story, Issa Rae looking on cute. They look good together. They look really good together. Look good. But then I was like, oh, wait, I was expecting it to be like a thriller 
like mm-hmm. that Taraji P. Henson movie that came out. Not oh, happy it's not. Yeah. Ter- no, I think it's a love story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, love story. No, when I first watched it, I was like, is this a thriller? And then I kept on watching it and I was like, it's a love story it's that just story. seems happy. Right. And like with them figuring out with Issa Rae's character, like just trying to figure out how to navigate being in love and, and being open and vulnerable. And then I got depressed because I was like, will I ever find this? So yeah. I had a feeling you were going to say that. That's that's that, No, that's an easy, relatable thing for people to look at that and be like, am I going to find this? Like comparison. No. Yeah. But remember, everyone, comparison is the thief of joy. Ooh. You're right, Kia. Drag me. Drag me. From you or someone else? Nah, I'm not that smart. I just, oh. I remember sometimes quotes really resonate with me and I just say them and I write them down in my notes. I really it's wanted true. it to be you so it could have just like created the special cue card. I mean, like, shit, no one has to know. Edit this out. <laughs> Everyone knows now. Yeah. Oh my God. It's out. It's called editing. <laughs> I mean, you could still do it. Yeah, you can. Um, it's just what you just won't get the credit. I'll give the credit to the right person. I don't know who the right person is, but I can Google it. Okay. But you could just say Nakia reference it, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think like the whole overall, you know, message of this episode is that, you know, we are getting better representation. Is it equal representation? Definitely not. But um, it's increasing. And I think, you know, we're getting these opportunities. And I think what's most important is that we're getting these these opportunities and we're bringing other people of color along with us. And that's the important mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hit them with the stat, Amari? Oh, yes. Yeah. So an interesting stat we found is that... So this is looking at the share of people of color on TV specifically in the U.S. from 1990 to 2015. And so this is why I say, like, it may seem like representation has, like, skyrocketed, but it really hasn't. Because in 1990, we people of color had 17.8% um, share on television. And in 2015, it was 22.2%. Now, the number doesn't say what it is now in 2019, and I'm not sure when we'll have access to that, but... I feel like those are numbers are enough to tell us that, you know, it's better, but it's not where it should be. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Rachel, on to you. Unless anyone had any other final thoughts, comments. Mm -hmm. Okay, Rachel. Let's get into it. So I found this article on Very Mind verywellmind.com titled how the stigma of mental health is spread by mass media so people with mental illness suffer from overgeneralization in media portrayals everybody with a specific condition is expected to portray the same characteristics of the of the disease for instance um, depictions that all people with depression are suicidal Media portrayals discount the fact that many people with mental illness don't need to disclose this condition to everyone around them. Instead, whether by intention or not, mental illness often goes unrecognized. Portrayals in the media, however, present situations where everybody knows about a character's mental illness and this mental illness no longer is concealed. The media portrays mental illness as being untreatable or unrecognizable. And reading this article made me realize how black women have been portrayed over and over again as being, quote unquote, strong and okay. 
Um, I, I can't remember like a TV show or film where a black woman was sitting in a therapist's couch talking about her feelings. And we see this over and over again, like a single mother struggling, taking care of her children, extended family, working more than one job. And through it all, she's forced to put a brave face on for her family. And as a viewer... I never got to understand why she is hurt or express her hurt saying she usually expresses her hurt saying like, I'm just tired or I'll be all right. And black woman, yes, we are strong, but we also need to heal. And I'm just so glad that we're now realizing the stigma and we're talking about it openly. Yeah, um, that sounds like it, it it may be a form of this thing called adultification bias mm-hmm. which for um black women basically portrays us as not needing help and especially young black women as not needing to be cared for um so in society it really is makes it hard for young black women to move there's like Time and time again, if if you look up adultification bias, where there are stories of young black women being put in jail, young black women not being believed in specific situations simply because we're portrayed as being strong, we're portrayed as not needing help, we're portrayed as like just not just be basically being able to fend for ourselves. Yeah. Being, being independent. Yeah. Being like yeah. Too, too independent. independent. <laughs> so people don't actually want to help us or believe us in situations where we might need to be helped or need to be defended or need mm-hmm. to be taken care of. I remember you brought that up um, one day over Chat, but it made me think of how that goes into every aspect of our life, unfortunately, like mm-hmm. in work, how we talked about, you know, integrated introverted black girl at work versus the Asian girl at work is these, you know, you already have this perceived notion like, oh, she'll be fine. And I find this very strong, which I'll, you know, do something else with this topic later, but very strongly with um, dating wise, like people being like, oh, you'll be fine because you're good at X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I still have feelings and this still hurts and yeah. it's still crappy. It's like people like breaking things off. It's like, you'll be fine. You're, you're key. It's like, yes, I will be fine. Mm-hmm. But this still hurts just yeah. as much as it was yeah. anything else. Like regardless if I had X, Y, and Z, it's still like, well, you know, you'll be fine. It's like, damn, like I know I'm good at X, Y, and Z, but it's like you're still hurting my feelings and like, yeah still leaving my life sorry that got a little personal even (laughs) even in stuff like when it comes down to eating disorders like Mm. there are statistics saying that doctors do not look into eating disorders and even issues with mental health Mm -hmm. with young black women the same way they do with young white women Mm -hmm. with young white women you go to a doctor and those questions are asked Mm -hmm. young black women those questions are not asked because you're looked at as if you're strong and it's like I'm 11 years old. How am I strong? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're four. I'm a child. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm a child. You should handle but it. For because of the way this country is, black women of any age are looked at as being just, I don't know, I guess too strong. Yeah. It's just like, just, you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Brush it off. You didn't get that job. You'll be fine. It's like, damn, yeah. if all y'all keep thinking that, exactly. I'm never going to be fine. If all y'all keep on thinking, you'll make it. You're scrappy. You're strong. Yeah. You're tough. It's like, that gets tiring. I'm still yeah. a human. Yeah. I have emotions and feelings. Too. Yeah. God damn it. Um, but onto my segment.
one writes in, so I just get creative. <laughs> Shade. Write in, people. Jesus, we're not going to eat We you. know you love us. I know, right? But we see the numbers. I just wanted to shout out all of the films and shows that I feel like paved the way before like it was cool shows that basically showed black people just functioning in normal life without it being like oh my baby mama um inkwell best man loving basketball girlfriends living single i also i i don't think that this qualifies because it's a fantasy movie but i do want to say um the cinderella movie with brandy and whitney mm, houston Qualifies that gave me life. No one talks about that movie, and that I movie was so impossible. It had a delicious, delicious Asian prince. Oh, I love him. He's still delicious. He's still delicious. A black Cinderella. That was iconic for that. That was a white dad and a black mom. That was mm-hmm. absolutely iconic, and I feel like we need to. That's something we need to redo. Also, we don't need and to no redo one talked about else. how that was weird. Everyone was like, "Oh, this is normal. Yeah. We're gonna accept yeah. this." And I love that. Yeah. Like, how could we do we that? Didn't... I think that came out in '99. Yeah, mm-hmm. that came out in the '90s. And it's like no one talked about it. No one was like, "This is weird." No one was making a big stink about it. But now we're making Ariel black, and people are upset. That's mm-hmm. because people have a platform to express their opinion. More. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why. That's true. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Because people get Twitter and they think all their opinions matter. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, boo boo. Yeah, you're still not important. So just because yeah. you got Twitter fingers, amen. But yeah, those are just a few things, like a few shows that I wanted to shout out that were doing it before other people were doing it back in the day. So yeah, yep. Get that credit. Lit. I don't know when this episode is coming out, but have a happy holiday. Yes, I don't know uh, which one. Yeah, maybe Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving, <laughs> Friendsgiving. Yeah, cuffing season. Giving. <laughs> don't know about you guys, but I'm be cuddling myself happily. I don't know what I'll be doing. Stay tuned. I also don't know. So. <laughs> Yeah, but that's all for this episode today. Um, thank you guys again for listening. I'm just going to nickname you guys all the Oreos. I feel like that works. I like it. I love right? it. Thank you to the Oreo fam. Uh, make sure you, when you're on the social, that you follow us on so-called at so-called Oreos. Um, and you can also reach us via email at so-called Oreos at gmail.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and Google Play. Uh, And, you know, please remember to rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. And also send us some DMs, because, like, we want to talk to you guys. It goes down in the DMs. Eyes are open. Okay, I love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. 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 Alarm is on. Beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes. Beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes. Beans, creams, potatoes, creams, potatoes. Beans, 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 potatoes, tomatoes. Chicken, chicken, chicken. Beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes. Chicken, chicken.